So I've got some bad news. You might be seeing Indiana Jones solo. Is that right? Yeah, I, long story short, I made a bet with my roommate, and now it's in my best financial interest to go see Ruby Gilman instead. <laughs> what did you do? I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. In the meantime, okay. welcome to Under the Bridge. Welcome to Under the Bridge, everyone. I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And mid-July, I'll be either 20 bucks richer or poorer. We'll find out. Hmm. Anyways, it's been a big week. Indeed it has. Summer Game Fest has been happening, and I've barely been paying any attention to it. <laughs> E3 season is among us. Yeah, um, I'm so tired. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Keeping same, up honestly. with movie news is hard enough, man. Mm -hmm. Keeping up with game news is its own train wreck. You're not wrong. <laughs> Which is why I'm not even going to try to sum up everything. I'm just going over some of the highlights for me. That's fair. I have a couple smallish highlights for me as well, if that's okay. Yeah, go uh, for it. I don't care. Yeah. But otherwise, so much game stuff. A lot of cool game stuff. Lord knows not even remotely enough time or sanity from the both of us to get to all of it. Oh, of course not. Especially not because I'd have to edit it. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> we got a release date for Spider-Man 2, and it's October 20th. Oh boy. Yeah, that's not long at all. Yeah, that's... Now, actually, no, that's really not long. <laughs> that is, like, four months. Oh yeah. my god. It's almost spooky season! It is almost spooky season. Ah, yes! A <laughs> little bit of interesting news. They've confirmed Adam, Adam Venom will not be Eddie Brock. <laughs> oh, really? Which, I, I thought it was pretty obvious. The first Spider-Man seemed to be hinting it would be Harry Osborn. Hmm. Which, again, I kind of thought was obvious, but everybody seems to be treating it like some big reveal, which leads me to believe maybe it's not Harry, maybe they're doing a, maybe they're doing a double fake on us. Mm hmm I see a lot of people saying it's either Norman or it's Craven. Hmm. I mean, who do you think's more likely? That's a loaded question. <laughs> Craven what has a now? really heavy association with Black Suit Spider-Man because of Craven's Last Hunt. Okay. He's never worn it himself, I don't think. Hmm. But Norman seems like the way to go if you want to keep, quote-unquote, Spider-Man's archenemy, but also not do Green Goblin. Right. But, oh, that's... I, I think it's Harry. I think it's just Harry. I don't understand why it's why it's such a big... Oh, what is this? <laughs> Pretty sure it's Harry. What is this? But the twist. Here's something I never thought I'd be excited for in my life. A 2D Sonic game! Oh, that's right. That was announced. I, I missed that, but I did see an article about it. Yeah, Sonic Superstars is the name of the game. And, okay, a little bit of background. I, 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 don't, I don't hate 2D Sonic, but I'm very apathetic to 2D Sonic. Because to me, a lot of 2D Sonic just feels like the same thing over and over and over again. And it always felt like they just kept cranking out new 2D Sonic games in recent years at the expense of any real innovation or creativity on the 3D side of pushing mm. the envelope and making a genuinely good 3D game. That being mm. said, now that Frontiers is out, and also because Superstars genuinely looks like kind of a banger, I'm looking forward to this. Because A, multiplayer co-op, and you can play as Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy. Okay. Fang the Sniper is back. Fang the Sniper. Yeah, he's a purple weasel with a cowboy hat and a gun. 
<laughs> it's like a it's like a dumb little pop gun. Okay, that's that sounds very Duck Hunt, but whatever. But even better, one of the main reasons I'm excited for this 2D Sonic game: no Green Hill Zone, mm. no returning stages, all new. Not just let's do the same shit again, but with slightly more speed this time. God, 2D Sonic frustrates me, and the number of people who get excited for 2D Sonic frustrates me, but with this one, I get it! I understand! This looks actual Kino! Hmm. I'm excited. Okay. Good. I'm, I'm glad that you're excited for that. I didn't know you had a general apathy towards 2D Sonic until just now to begin with. So oh yeah, especially that... once they put 2D Sonic, or Classic Sonic in, what was it, Forces, the bad one. Okay. The one with the DeviantArt OC insert. I'm sorry? Yeah, no, Sonic Forces had three playable <laughs> characters. Modern Sonic, Classic Sonic, and an Avatar character. Really? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, four. We got Episode Shadow as free DLC. So we got... Oh. So we got Sonic, Evil Sonic, 2D Sonic, DeviantArt Sonic. And Shadow the Edgehog for free. Well, he's Evil Sonic. Oh, I, I, I've just at this point referred to him as the Edgehog. That's fair. <laughs> you got four like quadrants of Sonic in that game. Anyway, this is gonna go too long if I <laughs> if I keep complaining about Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I don't have much to say except it's two discs. Yes, it is. It's, I'm surprised because it's like only releasing on PS5 if I understand correctly. I believe so. Oh. In 2024, a yeah. two disc game. Can you imagine? I am fearful, even though I have, again, no desire to, well, no major desire to get a PS5, if anything. Of all things, the Final Fantasy games might tilt that, depending on what happens. But It's tilting me. Yeah! I was going to say, a lot earlier than I expected, expected for a two-disc game for the PS5. I figured that'd be something, like, very late in the system's lifetime. I hope not. Aren't there still, like, two more parts? I believe so. What part are we on? Is this part two? Yeah, because it's like, if I remember right, the re each one is supposed to, like... Oh, it's a trilogy, it's a trilogy, okay, so there's only, okay. there's two more parts including this one, okay, thank god. Yeah, because it's like, I want to say each part is supposed to go over one of the discs in the PS1 game. Okay. I could be wrong. Well, I can't wait for the third part on the PlayStation 6. <laughs> oh, god almighty, don't give them ideas. <laughs> you know it's coming. Oh lord, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mostly didn't pay attention to the Xbox Showcase, but I did pay attention to a couple things, mostly because they leaked before the Xbox Showcase, because <laughs> yes, someone at Atlas accidentally <laughs> screwed the pooch and posted them early. Didn't someone accidentally post a trailer or whatever? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's one thing if it's like a promotional screenshot, but a trailer, I feel like, is a certain level of how do you fuck this up. Well, here's a funny one. Atlas managed to take their evoker and shoot themselves right in the head with it. That's a little Persona 3 joke. And okay. Because they're remaking Persona 3. It's called Persona 3 Reload. Mm -hmm. And at first glance, I was very excited for it. Mm -hmm. But the producer said during an interview, so first I'd like to mention that since the basic concept of the Persona 3 remake was to remake Persona 3, we don't have the FES and portable content included. We wanted what? to really genuinely work on recreating the Persona 3 experience. What?! What is it with games <laughs> with developers these days and remaking the inferior versions of games? Yeah. I'm staring at you, brilliant diamond and shining pearl! 
okay, it might not have been what it came from from the factory, but it's still content that is connected to the original game. So unless it's like literally an issue of man hours or budget or what have you, like, why not include it? Then push it back! Then push it back, yeah. Nobody needed a Persona 3 remake that bad! <laughs> Good God, I'm so sick of it! I'm so sick of, oh, we're gonna remake this game that's had plenty of upgrades with new content and shit, but we're gonna remake the the original version, which isn't bad. Persona 3 is not bad on its own. Like, it's not unplayable. Mm-hmm. I want to make that clear. But when there's all these additional stuff and improvements, why wouldn't you add it? And the real answer is, A, so you can remake that later and sell it as a full-price game, or so you can bundle it in as DLC for people to pay for it later, in which case, go fuck yourselves! Yeah, it's unfortunate because when I saw all the Persona 3 stuff, too, because I've never touched these games, because, good lord, I don't have that much free time, it was like, shoot, this might actually be the first time I play Persona 3, and that just went out the window. Never mind! Yeah, no, straight up, because it's like, those other versions added more to the game and improved the game and all that. Why not just have that from the get-go? Again, unless it's budgetary reasons, at which point the answer is, like you said, just push it back until that can be resolved. Because I don't think anyone's going to be upset if, especially since from what I understand, the whole announcement for Persona 3 Remake kind of came out of nowhere to begin with. I don't think anyone was really pining for, I need to have a remake of Persona 3 in 2023 or else. Oh no, it was a decently popular thing on people's bingo cards. Hmm, okay, fair enough. I'd much rather, you know, something connecting the first two, which they're not good, they need a top-down reimagining functionally to make them actually worth playing. Right. But I just assumed that because Atlas seems to like pretending Persona started at 3. <laughs> Which, to be fair, is when a lot of the things that made Persona distinct and gave it its own flair actually began. So I get it, but it's also still frustrating. But there's history. There's history. (laughs) We're also getting a, what appears to be grid-based tactical game called Persona 5 Tactica. Oh, yeah. Is it bad that I'm moderately attracted to this game just because of the chibi art style? (laughs) No, that art style is really good. It's it's kind of cute. <laughs> I like it a lot. Why no Akechi? Oh, was Akechi not in the trailer? No. Oh, okay. Mm. Where is that rap bastard? Maybe they're saving that for later. As a surprise. Maybe. <laughs> really, just, where's anybody who, like, where's Akechi? Where's Kasumi? Where's, I forget his name from, from Strikers? Yeah, Strikers. Zenkichi, I think was his name. Where the hell was he? So that was actually something that popped in my head as the trailer for Tactica was being shown. How many Persona 5 things have there been now? Because the game originally launched... If I remember correctly, the game originally launched on the PlayStation 3, like very late in the PS3's life. Yeah, it was simultaneous with PS4, in fact, I think. Yeah, so it's like, part of my brain just couldn't help but go, wait, how many Persona 5 things have there been? (laughs) I'm glad you asked! Persona 5... (laughs) There's Persona 5 Royal, which is essentially third version Persona 5 with bonus content that probably should have been in the base game, but now you get to buy the whole game again. There's Persona 5 Strikers, a.k.a. Dynasty Warriors Persona. (laughs) There's some kind of mobile game, I forget. There's a mobile game? Yeah, there's some kind of mobile game. I I think it's Persona 5X or something. Okay. And then there's Persona Q2, which isn't technically Persona 5, but it does heavily feature the Persona 5 characters. So there's been, like, six IPs. That's, like, five. 
Well, unless my count is wrong, I'm including Tactica as well. Oh, yeah, that makes six. Yeah. Is there any inclination that there's going to be a Persona 6? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there will be. Mm. But as long as Persona 5's still making money. It's like, Jesus Christ, and people, and under, correctly, I'm, like, I'm going in my head, but pe- and people gave GTA 5 shit. But, I, but I'm also going, people correctly give GTA 5 and Rockstar shit. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you got stuff from the Xbox showcase. Yeah, a couple things. For me, the standouts were... <laughs> What's very funny, honestly, about the Xbox showcase is that the one thing I was looking forward to seeing more of was actually the thing that was, of all the things that got my attention, the least interesting. And that was the new trailer for the upcoming Forza Motorsport game. Oh, I expect which... it's Forza. Sorry, go on. Yeah. <laughs> Which features the, they officially announced, even though it was already confirmed because they showed the cover art for the game, the two cover cars are going to be the Corvette C8 E-Ray, which is the hybrid electric Corvette coming out, and the Cadillac V-Series LMDH, which is the current top flight performance race car from Cadillac. It is my favorite modern day race car out of all of them right now because it's bright and beautiful and obnoxiously loud in the most american way possible because it's got like a loud ass v8 engine and they showed the trailer for it and it was really cool and we got to see some customization none of which is anything new from any previous forza game we've gotten (laughs) now granted as of this recording there is going to be a proper showcase for forza motorsport tomorrow tuesday june 13th but i couldn't help but think to myself as i was watching it i'm going like Wow, this is a nothing burger of a trailer. Oh, so and it's I'm like sick. if Nintendo rolled up with a Legend of Zelda trailer and was like, Yo, guys, you ready for this? Game-breaking strat, never-before-seen tech, the new Zelda game, it's got Link in it, fam! <laughs> yeah, pretty much, actually. It's All like right. the never-before-seen tech, it's got race cars and racetracks <laughs> and graphics. That is what I would expect from a Forza game, yes. What else? Yeah, it, granted, like I said, there's supposed to be a proper showcase for the game tomorrow, but I was very much astounded that it was, if anything, I was least expected for. Because the things that stole the show, or not stole the show, but had me very intrigued were Fable, which is just called Fable. I thought it was going to be called Fable 4, but this is the project that Playground Games has been working on for several years now, the newest entry in the Fable franchise. Gonna take a stab and guess that when we get closer, they're gonna reveal it's actually Fable, but the A is a 4. <laughs> Everyone's doing it. Everybody's doing it. We'll we'll get to that later, though. We'll oh, get boy. to that later. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. I've never played any of the Fable games. This game looks fucking hilarious. It looks graphically, it looks gorgeous, but it's also the trailer was very funny. In the original like reveal trailer teaser from like I think two years ago that showed that Playground Game was working on the next Fable, you just see a chicken get like kicked into the air. And that same scene happens in this trailer, but off to the side. I'm pretty sure you hear a background character after you kick the chicken go, oh, nice kick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know what? I think I'm so... It's this weird thing of like, this game seems like a weird mix of D&D and with the humor of Borderlands. And honestly, I'm all for that. Definitely, that got my attention pretty good. The upcoming Ubisoft title, Star Wars Outlaws, has also got my attention. There was a Ubisoft Connect show today, and they showed more footage of that. I did not get to see that, unfortunately. But I will say, from everything that's been shown at that game, because the basic premise is that you play as an outlaw in between Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back, 
you play as an outlaw during the height of the Republic, just trying to survive in this open world game. And it really astounded me because I remember during, I forget which Star Wars movie, Cody, I remember you saying it's like, yes, finally, I'm into this because our main character isn't a Jedi or a Force user. And honestly, I felt that with this one. (laughs) That would have to be either Rogue One or Solo, then. I think it was Solo, if I remember correctly. But either way, because it's like, it makes it so much more interesting, because it's like, yeah, you are just a person. You don't get any, basically, wizard powers. You are just a person trying not to get shot, while also escaping the Empire and the various bounty hunters. With it being an open-world game, it's like, alright, definitely interested in this, and that alone makes me a lot more intrigued. There was a trailer for Flight Simulator 2024, which I thought was interesting because they presented it. Instead of showing like just the things that are going to be in the new version or update or whatever, they presented it as, look at all these flight jobs that you could learn how to do with Flight Simulator. Which I think is interesting because I can't think of any other game thing that has tried to entice people with actual real-world applications. Usually there'll be, like, references to it, but not actually, like, if you play the game, you can learn how these professionals do it. Whether or not that's just marketing or whatnot is up in the air, especially since after that they showed footage for the Dune helicopter whatever thing from the movies being in the game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, that one's up in the air. Of course... Starfield, just just Starfield. There, literally, there was 45 minutes of Starfield after the main Xbox show. I'm not going to ah. really get deep into that, other than it looks really cool. I am extremely cautiously optimistic, because it's still a Bethesda title. Yep. So, <laughs> but what they've shown looks amazing. I just hope they don't fuck it up again. Don't let them off the hook. Yeah. No, like, don't, again, I can't tell people how to spend their money. I will never tell somebody how to spend their money. But don't pre-order games if you don't absolutely need to. Yeah, unless it's the only way to get a copy, and it won't be. And it absolutely will not be. Especially not for these big AAA ones. No, no, there's going to be loads of copies of this game put out. There were a couple other minor things, basically being like, Microsoft has announced that, even though it was already confirmed before, that I think it's the company's called WD Black. They're making a memory expansion of their own for the console, the Series X and S console. There's also going to be a one terabyte version of the Series S, which... That's not already a thing? Yeah. <laughs> I was like... With how big this... these games are getting, are you high? Yeah, the Series S, when it came out for the last two years, at least, because I don't remember exactly when the Series S and Series X came out, the Series S was only available with a 512 gigabyte SSD. That was it. God, I hate these companies. And the Series X had the one terabyte one. Well, they just announced that there's going to be a one terabyte version of the Series S, which I'm just like, no. (laughs) This should have been a thing from the get-go. Because it's not like back with the Xbox One and PS4 where actually having, even though it really wasn't, actually having a one terabyte thing from the get-go was at least a little bit more work. Now it's like, no, this is established technology. You know how to do this. You did this with your previous systems and they sold like hotcakes. Why is this just now a thing? It's the thing you can have the C- the 512 Series S be the budget system, the one terabyte one be the dumbass middle child because digital only, like only digital <laughs> only in my opinion is uh. stupid. And then <laughs> and then the Series X be the actual proper premium system. Make them like, give you physical media. Do not settle for them saying you own it digitally, because you don't own it digitally. Because you do not own it digitally, as the Nintendo eShop shutting down has proven. 
yeah, like, I don't get, it's like, it's supposed to be all this fanfare about it. Meanwhile, I'm just saying, like, why was this not a thing? I do not understand why this is exciting. This is, <laughs> if anything, this kind of further fuels my personal cynicism against the video game industry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fucked, man. Yeah. But Capcom's given us Ace Attorney Apollo Justice Trilogy. Yes, they are. I'm sure you're totally looking forward to playing those games. And I'm pretty okay, sure it's digital only, so I can't wait to oh, not own it. Oh, come on. Because <laughs> I, th- I think the original trilogy was only digital uh, on the Switch. See, now that's kind of making it back to it, because that's the thing that further annoys me with that. Because I think we've talked about it before, but how for the longest time I wanted to try Kingdom Hearts tried the offshoot game, I was like, I hate this franchise. Oh yeah, Melody of Memory? Yeah. <laughs> what a Meanwhile... good stream. <laughs> Make sure to follow Unlimited Video Games on Twitch. Yes, there's a store stream every Thursday night involving me, Cody, and whoever else we can trap, or I mean corral, or I mean convince to join us. Bunch of good times with good friends. Yes, indeedy. And while I'm doing a plug, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on... <laughs> Twitter or TikTok or Spotify or whatever. You don't have to do any of it. Don't feel obligated. But, you know, if you don't mind. But if you don't mind, besides those platforms, we are also available on RSS and Google Podcasts as well. And, of course, on the Scarlet Troll YouTube page. Which you're probably watching it on now. Maybe. Yes. I don't know. I I really ought to take a look and see where people are watching this most. Probably YouTube. (laughs) Anyways! (laughs) I feel like uh, the game shit is running long. Yes, it is. TLDR, cool things that have come from forward while also even further fueling the fires of feverent cynicism when it comes to the video game industry and media industry as a whole <laughs> yep the whole situation is fucked which is a perfect time to transition into our new segment about the writer strike aka pay your fucking writers that should be long enough for the intro all right i, I believe so <laughs> are you familiar with the blacklist are we talking about the Need for Speed Most Wanted blacklist? No, not that one. Are we talking about the blacklist TV show? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start explaining what it is. <laughs> I was not familiar with it until mm-hmm. looking up news about the writer's strike. Apparently, it's a place for creatives to showcase their scripts. It originally started as an annual survey of Hollywood's most liked unproduced screenplays. Huh. It allows for Real-time tracking and views of of views and downloads of their material. Basically, it's 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 another way for writers to get their work out there for people to see and hopefully get picked up. As I say, this sounds like basically a long and very complicated version of let's all decide who gets the consolation prize for not giving their movie made. Oh god, is this just professionalfanfiction.net? <laughs> oh man, that, that strikes a that strikes a chord in me that I've not felt for years. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I don't like it. Another. Anyways, <laughs> this site, in support of the Writers Guild of America, has suspended access for over 1,000 studio and struck company staffers. Yikes, I think. Well, that's just studio access. Writers are actually getting their material fees slashed from $30 a month to $20 a month while this mm. is going on. Okay. So basically, it's. Okay, writers have more ease of getting their stuff seen now, but studios have less ease of seeing it. (laughs) Kind of seems like a double-edged sword, and the other edge is a lot sharper. (laughs) Well, it means there will be a lot more stuff to pick from once they pull their heads out of their asses. True, that's fair. And then, also a good update, 
the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees is contributing $2 million in funds to aid members who are part of the strike who are taking a financial hit. Good. Yeah. That's sweet. That is really nice. They're going to top industry charities like the Motion Picture and Television Fund, the Entertainment Community Fund, the Actress Fund of Canada. Basically, ways of helping writers shore up their pockets since they're not currently making any money. Mm-hmm. Which they wouldn't be making anyway, because you just know that the studios would be busy making AI scripts out of their shit. <sighs> God, it's... I can't believe we've gotten to that point, too. And this one's not really substantiated, but it sounds like a lot of members of the Directors Guild of America are voting no on that agreement I mentioned before, so they might still strike after all. Hmm, okay, well that's... we'll see what happens there. That only makes it worse, I feel like. <laughs> Well, no, because if they... Well, I mean, worse for the studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, but that's good. Mm, that is good, yeah, That's yeah, good. Yeah. Fuck them. I guess my brain kind of goes into the thing of, okay, so we're getting to the point where we're gonna, like, kind of coalesce and get, nope, nope, further digging their head in their ass. Like, their arm is sticking out from the sand and just digging the shovel. <laughs> <laughs> or digging with the shovel over their hand. It's like, oh, I didn't know I was this flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm glad to see people coming together for this to basically say a collective fuck the studios. But I, I don't know. It's like part of my brain. Why did it get this like, bad? Yeah, it's like part of my brain is going, this shouldn't be this bad. This sh-. Obviously, I have no real knowings of the inner workings of Hollywood. And I think for my sanity, I probably don't want to know how that works. But part of my brain just can't help but go, it shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be taking this long. Let me give you the breakdown as I understand it. Hmm. Netflix decided the illusion of, as I, and this is just my understanding, I could be way off. Let me know in the mm. comments if you have another take. Mm-hmm. Netflix basically got it into their heads that the illusion of profit could lead to actual profit. That's not how that works. Well, short term, <laughs> it actually kind of is. <sighs> because if you, it, it's that whole, if you give the appearance that you're doing well, people will buy into it and you make more money through your stock going up. Oh, okay. So the GameStop stock method. So they basically went, look at all this money we're pumping into prestige television. Look at it. Look at all these hit shows. Look at all this good content. And it was working until everybody (laughs) else decided to do it. So now you've got everybody else shoveling money into these giant streaming services only to realize, oh, wait, there's actually a ceiling on how much you can make off of this before people get fed up with paying for it. Mm. Whoops. Who would have thought? Well, the funny thing is, it, it, it seems obvious in hindsight, but I bought into it. <laughs> I was looking at all those Marvel Disney Plus shows going, this is great! This is so cool! It'll shore up the movie gains by basically giving people more stuff to get hype about in the movies. Was I fucking wrong there? Mm. The best one, the, Some of the best performing ones have had nothing to do with anything going on on Disney Plus. <laughs> Fuck me. Right here, right now, in front of all these people? Well, I'm glad we're friends. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what a sad state of affairs this is. Yes, indeed. I got, a, I got a truckload of Warner Brothers news. By a truckload, I mean like three things. Okay. Per The Hollywood Reporter, it sounds like we might be seeing some members of the Authority show up in Superman Legacy. Okay. Uh, it was announced in a Heat Vision article that screen tests for Clark Kent and Lois Lane, obviously for Superman Legacy, are expected mm-hmm. to happen over Father's Day weekend. And the same article also mentioned roles such as Lex Luthor and members of Supergroup The Authority, which are to be introduced in the movie, will be cast after. This is the first we've heard of this. Okay. This might be speculation, 
Or it could be that somebody thought, oh, this was already known, and just put it out there, and then it turns out, oh, nope, that's actually a pretty big secret. <laughs> Part of me thinks that the latter is a lot more likely. <laughs> Quite possibly. I don't really... I've started reading The Authority, but I haven't mm. gotten far enough to have much of an opinion beyond, yeah, all right, I'll take it. It, it. If James Gunn thinks this is worth watching, it's probably worth watching. Hmm. The man uh. gave us three Guardians movies. He don't miss. True. Or at least he hasn't missed recently. Yeah, he hasn't missed yet. Eh, some of his earlier films aren't great. Hmm. Live-action Scooby-Doo. Wait, he did that? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember if he directed or just helped with the, sto- with the script. Okay, because I was going to say, like, holy shit. <laughs> That's horrifying. Hold on. <laughs> okay, nope, Roger Gosnell did it. I keep, I keep... Fuck, okay. that's the guy who gave us the Smurfs. Oh. Alright. <laughs> he did do the screenplay, though. Mm. So, oh, I- I'm inclined to call that one a miss. Y- yeah, I- I'm I'm inclined to call that a miss. Anyways. I also got an Adult Swim update, which I never expected to cover on this show. I, I didn't know Adult Swim was still a thing, in all honesty. Not only is it still a thing, it's been expanding. Really? And starting August 28th, it's actually going to be starting... Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. with a new block called Checkered Past, which is going to showcase, God, I can't believe I have to say this, Cartoon Network throwback titles like Dexter's Lab, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, Courage the Cowardly Dog, and Ed and no. Nettie. No, stop, it hurts, it right? hurts, Doesn't it hurts, it... stop, Doesn't it... We're stop, old, reminding me how old... stop reminding me how old I am. We're getting old! <laughs> Ah. It's like, those aren't old shows, and then it's like, wait, no, no, stop, stop, that touch. Why do you think I don't plug the podcast more often and on more things? Social media is a young man's game. (laughs) (laughs) I'm almost 30, that's basically ancient. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it hurts. It does hurt indeed. Uh, Well, I mean, most of those shows I'm, I'm glad are coming back in some capacity, but oh god, that hurts. Doesn't it just? It hurts to think about that. Mm. Good to see him back, though. I mean, I don't have yeah. cable, but... I Neither do I, technically. <laughs> you know what? I do have Adult Swim, though. On Roku. I wonder if this oh, is going to okay. be included. Probably not. It's probably going to be on Max. Uh... On Saturdays, the new 6pm hour will feature reruns of current TV PG originals like Unicorn Warriors Eternal and My Adventures of Superman. Sundays will continue to see Acme Night broadcasts of family-friendly films from 6pm to 9pm. The rest of the schedule is projected to stay intact. So okay. that's all a thing. Hmm, alright. And then, this one's mostly a branding thing, but it came with some little tidbits that I wasn't familiar with. Warner Brothers, or Warner Animation Group, is rebranding as Warner Brothers Pictures Animation. The new boss, Bill Damashka, has said some stuff, it's mostly just, you know corporate speak, it's the same spiel we get every time a new boss comes in, where it's like, uh, we have such good stuff, yada yada yada, I'm gonna kill, I, I would kill everybody here if it saved 50 cents, yada yada yada. <laughs> it's like, I'm gonna stuff everyone's mouth with fun dip until they start having fun. <laughs> Welcome to Warner Brothers, fun is mandatory. Fun is mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the things I didn't know. Apparently we're getting a Cat in the Hat movie. Oh, wait. No, not the, not not a Mike Myers follow-up, don't worry. Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> no, this one's animated. Uh, apparently okay. the plan is to have that film released in either 2025 or 2026, and then, in early development from the directors of the Super Mario Brothers movie, a Flintstones mm. origin movie 
called Meet the Flintstones. Okay. God, when is the last time you even heard anything about the Flintstones? When did they say the Seth MacFarlane relaunch was dead? That's a good point. <laughs> I think that's the last time I heard anything. Yeah. I don't even know if there's any current Flintstones like series of any kind. Not really. Mm. The Flintstones got... It's a revelation that I will continue to share every time I'm reminded the Flintstones exist, which is that almost every single parody of the Flintstones is funnier than the Flintstones. Yeah. yeah but it still holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, that's like that's the thing that kind of hurts with that too. Is that it's hard for me to disagree, but otherwise, there's there's still just something special about the the original Flintstones. Remember when he was a secret agent? When he got a whole movie about being a secret agent, the man called Flintstone. No, <laughs> that was a thing. That was a whole thing. I was very excited for that as a kid. I I don't even. I think it came out. When did that come out in theaters? I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it on TV. Did it come out in theaters? I. I don't know. I also just Oh, it's learned. 1966! Yeah, fuck no, I definitely wasn't alive. I'm not that old. I also just learned in looking up the Flintstones really quick that there were apparently not one, but two Flint- at least two Flintstones video games. Yeah. Also cigarette I, ads. I forgot about that. Wasn't that like with Marlboro? I forget. Yeah, but I, 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 I forgot about that completely. Anyway, hate to bring the mood down, but mm. this is something I felt should be brought up just because... I don't want to seem like I'm actively ignoring terrible shit. Mm -hmm. And that is that Tenoch Huerta, who played Namor in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, has been accused of sexual assault by musician and activist Maria Elena Rios. Yeah, Fun! Not. Very much not. Not. Very much not, no. It's especially sad because in 2019, Rios suffered from an acid attack orchestrated by her ex-boyfriend, Juan Vera Carrizal, a former politician. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a little extreme. <laughs> that's super fun. Uh, Huerta Jesus. has come out and denied the allegations, calling them false and completely unsubstantiated. Obviously, we need to see how this unfolds. Oh, because yeah, 100%. Because once, once those two statements exist, somebody is not telling the truth. Yeah. And it's just a question of to what extent and who. Yeah. But... I want to make it clear. If he did do this, fuck him. Fuck him hard. Throw the book at him. Fuck him. Yeah, for real. As much as I like Namor, nothing is Namor. Fuck. He said Namor. Everybody else. I don't mean to. I don't mean to sidetrack this, but I mean this is mostly a comedy <laughs> podcast. I'd like to think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to sidetrack it, but fuck. He yeah, said Namor, and everybody else in the movie proceeds to ignore his preferred pronunciation and say Namor with no basis. F yeah. Yeah, that's true. Rude. I for I forgot about that. <laughs> I know he started a war with them unnecessarily, but rude. Mm. Anyways, again, if this is true, absolutely fucking cut him out. Don't care what yeah. happens. Yeah, for real. Can't be getting away with this shit. I'm still waiting to see what happens with Jonathan Majors. Yeah, yeah same. That's depressing. Mm-hmm. Let's go to trailer time. Let's go to trailer time. It's trailer time again! We've got movie previews to watch. It's trailer time again. I think that was a long enough awkward pause. <laughs> uh, you want to start with Hideo Kojima? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of interested in this. Part of it is because I don't really play a lot of Kojima's games. I've only recently started dabbling into like the older like Metal Gear games. 
But even as someone who's not really big into his franchises and all that, and the things he's done, oh, I'm sorry, Metal Gear, and being scared like a little bitch every time we've played PT on Halloween. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is tradition. brilliant. And you don't fucks with tradition. Which is still the one of the few games where I say, I would have never bought this, but I'm sad this game doesn't exist. Um, or at least Physical media! <laughs> I cannot yep. say it enough! Yes. It goes without saying that I don't really like putting people on super high pedestals, but video games as we know it would be in a very different place if not for the influence of Kojima, and especially like the way he looks at video games, not so, both as art and as a means of st- storytelling. I'd say there's definitely been some moments where he's gotten his head maybe a little bit up his butt about it, but there's no contest that this man is very influential to modern video gaming and a generally very fascinating human being. And as someone who does generally like most documentaries, or at least, well, I'm not going to say most documentaries because there are some boring as shit documentaries out there. I'm definitely decently interested in this. Um, it is bankrolled by Sony, so... Hopefully that doesn't influence, like, how much of the story gets told. Could be worse. It could be bankrolled by Konami. <laughs> you know what? Can if you any- even imagine? Mm, you know, because <laughs> I was getting ready to say, if Konami bankrolled a Kojima movie, I'd be like, well, maybe they're on good terms. And I realized, mm, This is going to be no, a hit piece. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is going to be a smear. It's like, no, it would probably be, like, the most Japanese smear piece you can think of. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually definitely very interested in this. I do see myself going into the theaters to watch this. You know? Same. We don't actually know when it's coming out other than coming soon. It's going to have its world premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival. Mm-hmm. As I stated, I think just last week or the week before, I'm not super into documentaries. I'll watch this one. Because, yeah, I... again, I'm also not... I haven't played that much of the stuff Kojima does. Mm. But I have experienced quite a bit of it in some way or another. And while I, I don't always gel with the execution, but I respect the intent. Yeah. Man is a wild card. Yeah. It's like, literally falls out with one of the biggest video game companies on the planet just to go, screw you guys, I'm going to take my ball and start my own company. And it worked phenomenal. And then Death Stranding happened. And then Death Stranding happened. And Death Stranding 2 was happening. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. no, this, this, this definitely looks interesting. Yes. We also finally got a trailer for Poor Things. Well, we already got one, but this one gives a little bit better idea of what the movie's actually about. Yeah, I think when we saw the teaser for the first time, you said it was, like, kind of Frankenstein, but not really. I'm definitely getting stronger Frankenstein vibes. Hardcore Frankenstein now. Yeah, yeah, for 100%. <laughs> Roll up, boys, we Frankenstein now. Yeah, I. it looks very charming and very, for lack of a better word, mysterious. It looks bonkers is what it does. It, yes, that too. <laughs> it's absurd, and it's weird, and it's exactly what I'd expect from the guy who made The Favorite, and The Lobster. And The Lobster, yeah. Which I still haven't seen that one, to be fair. I really I want mean, to, though. I have seen it, and this trailer definitely made me go, it's like, okay, I think I see some of the influence from The Lobster in this. <laughs> still, as, still, the scene of Mark Ruffalo just looking at her, um, Emma Stone, distraught and going, Ow. Still just makes me laugh. It's it, like the whole, like, it's a, it's a, it's literally the sensible chuckle meme. It's for the me. <laughs> thing about the key to com- the comedy is timing, and it goes just long enough to stop being funny, and then circles mm. back around into funny. Yeah. That is not easy to do. <laughs> but, but no, like, def- definitely interested in this one. Same. 
God, look at the prosthetic work and the makeup work on fucking Willem Dafoe. Yeah. And the whole thing looks bonkers colorful. It's just... Ugh. <laughs> I wish I'd known more about... This might have made my most anticipated list if I'd known more about it. Yeah. When I made the list. <laughs> right. We also got Expendables 4. Expendfordables, or... Expendables. Expendables? I don't know. <laughs> God, I can't believe they did that. It's the thing. It's the trend. I mean, granted, it's not, like, a major trend. Like, I'm not seeing in, like, a hundred different movies, but it's like, I swear to God, if this becomes the thing that pisses me off more than movie trailers starting with trailer starts now, I will be impressed, but even more angry. <laughs> AK Expendables 4. Jason Statham is too old to be dating Megan Fox. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, God, that whole that whole beginning sequence was was it was funny, but it was also kind of uncomfortable. Very. <laughs> I okay. I don't remember. I feel like Expendables might have existed before Fast and Furious went off the rails. I don't really remember. Mm -hmm. But this just feels like what Shaw's doing in between Fast movies, right? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can definitely feel that. Like, I would not be surprised if Megan Fox, Sylvester Stallone, and 50 Cent come rolling up in Fast Part 2, and Shaw's <laughs> just like, these are my mates. I mean, while not exactly on the same level, that was the vibe I got when they had um, Chuck Norris cameo in Expendables 3, especially after, like, it, it shows, even though he's on the screen, it basically shows him destroying an entire squad and, I think, like, two tanks on his own, and then he just comes from the smoke and it's like you hear like a little bit of like the texas rangers theme like playing <laughs> and it's just like that's chuck norris well how did he kill those oh it's just chuck norris like don't, don't worry about don't it. it no fuck you <laughs> don't even trip dog don't sweat it i i mean i don't know these movies are never really good but i'm always a sucker for them i still have not seen a single one Part of me wants to go we need to fix that if for no other reason then i kind of want to see either if you enjoy them, or if they make you mad. The even crazier like... part is, I own the first one, and I still have not sat down and watched it. Oh, do I mean, I can't really say too much, because that's basically me with everything everywhere. I'll watch it at some point. I need to do a catch-up before 4 comes out, I guess, mm. as part of my new resolution to do so when there's a sequel to a franchise that I haven't seen coming out. I'm not going to do that for Mission Impossible, though, I've determined, because... No. I'm running out of time, frankly, and because part two comes out next year, so I'm going to say I have a whole other year to do this. As I say, it's also, Expendables is also a bit more merciful since you only, well, air quotes, only have three movies to watch. Yeah. And I want to say, like, each movie is, like, 90 minutes. Oh, thank God. Yeah, or somewhere in that neighborhood. So, yeah, I'm not particularly looking forward to this one. I feel like, just based on the trailer, it feels like it's straight away from what I think feel like was the premise of the Expendables, which was basically just like, let's get all these older action stars together mm -hmm. and have them kick ass, and now it's just like, oh, and also, it's Jason Statham and Sylvester Stallone and then some other people. Well, the talk basically seems to be that for this one, Sylvester Stallone has been leaning on Jason Statham kind of taking over as the leader ah. um, of the franchise, because I guess apparently like Sylvester Stallone has very little overall like time in this movie. Okay. So, that's... That's a shame. I i don't know, he's, he's getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, I don't know, I'm, that makes me interested in it, because, in a similar sense, I'm also a sucker for Jason Statham as well. True. So. Which just leaves, honestly, probably my favorite trailer of this week. Sympathy for the yeah. Devil. 
This is actually kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually genuine. This looks cool. It, the the, the longest sort of is that this looks cool and I do really want to see this. It does look terrifying. Like, Nick's Ca- Nicolas Cage actually genuinely looks terrifying for most of this trailer. The only bit that I had a problem with, although it's also one of those things where part of me goes, it's unclosed, I'm kind of glad they showed it in the trailer and not just left it up in the theater, was when he yells very aggressively and very overactingly for the guy to sit down. In like the Sit Nicholas... back down! Yeah, and it's just like, it's so distinctly Nicolas Cage. And that's my only problem with the trailer, because normally I would be all for that. But it's like, no, there's actually like, even in this trailer, there is major tension and your character is actually kind of scary. And then he does that. And it's just like, ah, the one time I don't want Nicolas Cage to cage it up. <laughs> you ghosting me? What are you, my therapist, Dr. Ross? That was good. That was very good. <laughs> I like this a lot. I'm really looking forward to this. I, yeah. I'm curious to see, because it seems like there's potentially something about our main character that we don't know. Or maybe Nicolas Cage is just crazy. Could be either or. Hmm. Like, I genuinely don't know what's going on here. Kind of like how they hint at him. I mean, I don't think he's actually, like, demonic in this or whatever is going on. That's the thing. Did, he like... could be. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, it's like they kind of try to get your brain to think about it when he waves his hand and then the phone starts ringing for the main character, who I believe is literally, I think that if I remember, because I remember looking up the article about it, Nicolas Cage is referred to as the passenger and, um, what's his name? The main actor. Um, the main character is referred to as just the driver. But when the Joel driver's Joel fo- that's who it is. Yes, thank you. But when, but it's like how he just motions his hand and the phone starts ringing. And then also it cuts to, literally the next scene over cuts to him just going from the back seat to the passenger seat. I'm sure it's just like clever trailer editing, but it's also like, okay, but what is going on here? I mean, he was Rick Flag, Joel Kinnaman, mm. so maybe he is a secretly a badass. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. God, I, I'm so looking forward to this one, though. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. When does this come out? Fuck, I, I, I gotta check. July 28th, hell yeah! Oh, that's sooner than I thought. Hell yeah! Yeah, I thought that would be, like, later in the year. No, apparently not. Mm. Let's talk box office, because, who oh boy. <laughs> we did, in fact, see the highest grossing movie domestically this weekend. Burr, 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 burr. Transformers Rise of the Beast, baby! Yes, indeed. 60.5 million domestic weekend and total sitting at $171 million worldwide, roughly. Okay. But its budget, which I forgot to look up beforehand, <laughs> somewhere between 195 and $200 million, apparently. Ah, uh, okay, that's not horrendous. A ways to go. It is a ways to go, but it's not, like, horrific. And even dumber, because uh, I'm going to get into this later a little bit. Apparently, it's coming out on digital July 11th. What? <laughs> in one month. Uh, okay. How to completely cripple your box office in three weeks or less. Yeah, for real. Oh, man. Second place, it's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay. Not that far a second, either. It had a roughly 54% drop second weekend. It's at $55.4 million domestically this weekend for a $225.4 million domestic total, and it's sitting at about $389.9 million worldwide. Both domestically and globally, it's already surpassed Into the Spider-Verse in just 10 days. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, quite impressive. Very pleased. Hmm. Beyond is gonna do Spider-Bucks. <laughs> yeah, gonna do yeah, Morby-Bucks. For... 
Mm. One more billion dollars. Okay, I was going to say, that's not good. <laughs> nah. Third place was The Little Mermaid. $22.7 million domestic weekend for a $228.8 million domestic total, sitting at about $414.2 million worldwide. Mm-hmm. Fourth place, Guardians 3. Okay. $7 million domestic weekend for a $335.4 million domestic total, sitting at about $805.9 million worldwide. Jury's still out whether it's going to beat Guardians 2, but it still definitely beat Guardians 1. Right. And apparently, excluding Russia... It has actually beaten both of them. Hmm. And then in fifth place, I can't I can't believe this is hanging up. The Boogeyman. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Yeah, six point nine million dollar domestic weekend, twenty four point seven million dollar domestic total, thirty nine point six million dollars worldwide. Conspicuously missing from this list, Fast X, which has already gone to digital. What? How many weeks has it been out? Let's see, when did Yeah, when I did... feel like it's it's, it's been less than a month, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, I think it's only been, like, three weeks. May 19th! So, yeah, it's three been... Three weeks! It's been three weeks. <laughs> what, what are the they actual... smoking at Universal? What the actual hell? Okay, well, talk about... Y- you want to talk about crippling... <laughs> crippling your return? Well, I guess uh, Universal is just like, let's let's just get a test drive on that. That's just taking a <laughs> nine iron to the kneecaps. That's just taking a Quinjet nos shot through the back. Ugh. <laughs> Oh God Almighty! Now the the reason the reason I I mentioned probably not seeing Indiana Jones is that so I was having a discussion with my roommate about how I feel like there's really not much that's going to top Super Mario Brothers as the highest grossing movie this year. Okay. Because not a lot feels like it's actually competition. Hmm. I thought maybe Indiana Jones, although I'm less certain of that. The more I think about it, maybe Mission Impossible, maybe the Marvels. Okay. Maybe Aquaman 2. Hmm. And that was really all that came to mind. I, I certainly don't think it's The Flash. Yeah, no, I I, I'm not, I don't have high hopes for The Flash. But we ended up making a bet for 20 bucks about whether Mission Impossible or Indiana Jones is going to have the highest opening weekend. And since I'm going to a convention that weekend, I'm already guaranteed not to go see Mission Impossible. Therefore, mm. it is in my own best financial interest not to go see Indiana <laughs> Jones either. Uh, so it okay. could be when we get to the end of June, you get to go see Indiana Jones, I get to go see Ruby Gilman. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. I'll talk about a hell of a double feature. I'm probably <laughs> kidding. I might go see both. The, the Scarlet Troll Under the Bridge double feature. I mean, we've had kids. double features. We've had triple features. Yeah, but this would be the special edition, the for the kids edition. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know if Indiana Jones is going to be for the kids at this point, but hey, he's so old. Mm. He's just Harrison Ford's getting up there. Yeah, he is. It feels like there's not a lot of buzz for this. No, other than the trailers, I haven't really heard a lot of talk about it. Anyways, we'll we'll get into that later. Mm. It's time to talk Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Yes, yes, Rise of the Beast, baby. So, it's the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. It's the golden age of hip hop. It is that. I was gonna make a comment, but I realized I'm not equipped to because I'm not. I'm I'm not a hip hop expert by any stretch of the imagination. Case in point, I did not know. Don't call it a comeback. Was the same song as I'm gonna knock you out. And the Autobots are still stuck on Earth and looking for a way home. And they end up recruiting Anthony Ramos, who's playing a character named Noah, who's trying to find a job, but can't. And 
then they end up getting involved with the Maximals, who are on a quest to stop Unicron from creating a space bridge that will let him come to Earth and consume it, or whatever. Yeah. And this is probably the second best Transformers movie. This was actually pretty good. I had a good time. The movie itself isn't good, but it's deeply, consistently entertaining from start to finish. And not for the ironic reasons like The Last night, where you're transfixed by the fact that the aspect ratio is inconsistent across scenes. <laughs> oh god, that's- What was that?! That is still frustrating to think about. What the fuck was that?! And that was like, what, four years ago? Five years ago? I feel like that was longer. Mm. Bumblebee was 2018 or 2019. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's been at least five years. Still a frustrating thing to think about to have pop up. 2017. Okay. So, like, six years. Hmm. Huh. God, that's gonna haunt me. If I live yeah. to be a hundred, that's gonna live rent-free in my head. <laughs> you tell your grandchildren, it's like, have I ever told you the terror of the dark moon aspect ratio catastrophe? God. This ain't your Michael Bay's Transformers. This is... No. I actually give a fuck about what's going on in these. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> not a lot. Not as much as in Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. But still. Yeah. It feels like some of the Transformers actually have arcs in this one. Yes. Which is nice. Yeah, there's arcs. There's character development? Dot, yeah. Dot, dot. Mm. Yeah. Optimus is kind of a racist. <laughs> Optimus is weird in this movie. Optimus is weird, but I feel mm. like... They do a good enough job justifying it, I guess. Yeah. The Maximals are cool. The Maximals are cool. The regular Transformers are cool. The soundtrack is bumping. Oh, like, hell yeah. I, I'm sorry, I have to make a quick caveat about this. If you were like me, or a buddy of ours, Jerry, I hope you're listening to this, <laughs> and you have even the slightest inclination towards 90s golden age hip-hop, you want to see this movie. The soundtrack to this movie and the references to that era of hip-hop music is just like, oh. There's the easy references to different artists, like Biggie Smalls and Tupac. There are some scenes where I'm seeing De La Soul and Diggable Planets references, and I'm just like, whoever is in charge of this aspect of the movie, of like the soundtrack and this kind of aesthetic, you, you have become my best friend. I want to shake <laughs> your hand, sir. Yes, it's like, <laughs> you've got a, a good mix of Beauty, music, and cars. <laughs> because if I'm honest, and this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody, the car stuff is kind of why I show up to these movies, mostly to see like what they do with them, but just pure mwah, chef's kiss <laughs> on that aspect. Okay, here's something that surprised me. I didn't hate Mirage. No, I... <laughs> Because everything about no. this character says I should hate him. I don't hate Mirage, I like Mirage, but you saying that reminded me of the very funny moment of excellent timing in this movie, when we saw the movie. Yep, yep, <laughs> we'll get into that one. We'll but get no. into that one. Because <laughs> he kind of replaces Bumblebee in this one, or fills in for Bumblebee, rather, as the sort of kid-appeal character who says the obnoxious funny things, only mm. it's not because he's got a radio chip, it's just how he is. While also being the coolest car in the movie. He's also the coolest car in the movie by a white... Bumblebee turns into a pretty cool one at one point. Bumblebee turns into a really cool one, but... What was that? He turns into, like, basically an off-road modified third-generation Camaro. While Mirage is a very pretty and actually very rare and expensive 964-generation Porsche 911 Carrera RS. Huh. Which is a 
extremely sought after car for like people who are fans of older Porsches. Also, I I kind of like I was kind of inclined to like, like Mirage because Porsche themselves actually put out a lot of media about Mirage being in the movie. <laughs> All right. So it's just like when Porsche themselves, which is kind of even though they're very they're somewhat lackadaisical, they have an an air of properness and whatever with you, and then it's just like yeah, our car is going to be in Transformers. Look at it like Transformers and make really dumb jokes. It's like okay. <laughs> All right, that's what you want to go with. Yeah. <laughs> RC's barely in it. Yeah. I almost forgot she was even in the group, even though she's one of the four main Autobots in the movie. Yeah. I feel like RC and the other two... I forget what the um, enemy faction is called. The Terracons? Yeah, the Terracons. The other Terracons besides Scourge get zero screen time. Well, yeah, but you kind of expect that with the bad guys. Yeah. I mean, fair, but still. I feel like RC gets less focus in this than Bumblebee, and considering something that we'll get into later, that's pretty fucking tragic. Yeah, it kind of is. I almost- I, I kind of remember- No, I actually remember more about Wheeljack and Stratosphere than I do about RC in this. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> okay, that's one spot it hugely falters, I guess. The human characters, actually good! Yeah, the human characters are, like, not insufferable. Again- not Bumblebee levels of good, but mm. certainly a step above Sam Witwicky and whatever Marky Mark's character was called. <laughs> Kate Yeager? Was that it? I think so. I feel like it was Kate Yeager, which sounds like mm. a fake name that you make when you're fleeing the country and putting on a <laughs> probably racist, problematic accent to try and get through Border Patrol. Yeah. It is me, Kate Yeager. <laughs> Should I cut that? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably yeah, wouldn't we'll... hurt. <laughs> we'll see. Hmm. But no, Noah's good, uh, played by Anthony Ramos. Elena's mm -hmm. good, played by Dominique Fishback. Chris is good. I forget who plays Chris, the little brother, but... Oh, Chris is... Let's see. Dean Scott Vasquez. Oh, there we go. Not familiar. Nope. Well, probably child actor, so... Yeah. Yeah. He did good. He did real good. He... Oh, he was great. All of the humans in this movie are actually pretty good, and you give a shit about most of them. Yeah. In fact, I give a shit about them almost a little bit more than the Transformers, which is mm. both... Something. That I feel like that shouldn't happen in a Transformers movie, but if you're gonna have human characters in a Transformers movie, it's also kind of necessary. Mm -hmm. Especially when a good chunk of the first part of the movie focuses more on them and barely has Transformers in it. Mm, fair. Everyone's good. Although I will say, granted, this is the first, I'm pretty sure this is the first thing I've seen Anthony Ramos in as far as him acting. Really? He, as far as I'm aware. Oh, right. You didn't see In the Heights, did you? No, I did not. Okay. He's going to be an Ironheart. Oh, is he? He's the hood. Oh, okay. <laughs> One thing that couldn't escape me, and I don't think it's an insult to say this, is that while watching him, I'm like, I'm going, it's like, I'm getting, who plays the mechanic in John Wick again? John Leguizamo? Yeah, I got, like, mad John Leguizamo vibes from him. Huh. And I don't think that's an insult, because John Leguizamo was also a pretty good actor. So that was kind of, like, the thing that made him most memorable for me. And also, like, I feel like I'm not going to get super deep into it, because part of that is spoilers, but his character actually has noteworthy and noticeable and palpable character development. Right, he's got an arc, and it's cool. 
Yeah, and it's it's cool, and it doesn't really take away from the movie. Like it doesn't. And it's feel not like... just he bumbles around as a fucking idiot who just happens to be wrapped up in the plot because his car is secretly a transformer. He does get yes. wrapped up in the plot by contrived coincidence, <laughs> but yes, it's not very. the only reason he's <laughs> just... there. <laughs> Stares at Shia LaBeouf. Hmm. <laughs> Man, I barely remember anything about the first Transformers movie anyway. Right? Hmm. Okay, also another important point. I could follow the action. Yes. I have a clear sense of what's going on and who's who. <laughs> Do you have any idea how good that feels? Yeah, because it's like, wait, I am not completely lost in this. That's nice. This isn't just a big mess of CGI metal. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, yeah. Praise be. Praise be to Primus. Ugh. <laughs> But yeah, it's also it's also dumb and it's goofy and it's yeah. Which I mean, a Transformers movie should be like if you're making yeah. a super serious, completely goof-free Transformers movie, you're not making a movie. Yeah. No, this one had a lot of goofy moments, and it was one of those things where it's like they were goofy cartoon moments that didn't feel like they took away from the movie. There were a couple like particular moments where I was like, you know, this feels like something from like the old cartoons, but it fits. And and that's very enjoyable. Without being a giant toy commercial. <laughs> Without being a giant toy commercial. Even, even though, though that's are, what it is. Even though it is ostensibly a giant multi-million dollar toy commercial. Ostensibly nothing. That's all Transformers has ever really been. <laughs> it's a giant toy commercial. Mm-hmm. Should we get into spoilers, you think? I think so. Alright, so it's worth watching. Oh, 100%. If, if you like giant robots... If you don't like giant robots, no, absolutely not. But if if you like Bumblebee, it's not as good. It's missing some heart. No. But it's still got more heart than anything I can remember from any of the Michael Bay movies. And I'll be honest, I've seen all five of those. And I really <laughs> only remember the first one and the last one. Right. And that's it. So if you don't want to get spoiled on Transformers Rise of the Beast, make sure to click away in three... Two. One. At least we can concretely say this is not the Bay Universe anymore. Oh, yeah. Because Unicron is not in the Earth. No. So that's nice. Unicron is his own thing and slightly intimidating? Yeah! No, they did a good job! Yeah. I feel like mm -hmm. they didn't really need to have the transwarp key be a time key, too. It feels mm. kind of like they don't do anything with it. Right. It feels like it's only there to justify why there's a character named Optimus Primal. Because <laughs> it's like, we're from the future, but we're also your past. And the past bit never gets elaborated on. But the fact that he's named after Optimus is. So I guess it's just like, yeah, we had to have the Transwarp Key do that just so we can explain Optimus Primal. And it's just, couldn't you have had a, like, separate, unrelated... No, because then I guess the Transformers could have... Uh, I don't know. It feels clunky. Yeah, the whole Optimus Primal thing felt really clunky to me because it's the because of the explanation of I've named myself after you, Optimus Prime, because of how legendary you are. With them also going, we are from your past and from your future, and it's like, no, I need a, I I personally need a lot more context and explanation on that. Like, Explain how does that explain more? <laughs> yeah, like genuinely, I was like, I I kind of need more context before I'm okay with that. Mm. Never get it. But, I don't know, I guess not. A, a, it's annoying, but not a total surprise, I suppose. So, carrying on from something I said earlier, it's really tragic RC doesn't get 
it feels like she's more out of focus than Bumblebee when Bumblebee spends a good, like, at least half of the movie basically dead. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and he dies early, too. Like, he literally dies at the first major fight. He dies early, and then it gets even more frustrating because... Okay, this is this is hard to project because I feel like I might have actually been fooled if they hadn't shown him, like, leaping into battle in the trailers at what is... Obviously the end of the movie. Yeah. Because, I don't know, I would have thought maybe a new director might have the balls to kill off Bumblebee. The thing about the Transformers is, there's a shit ton of Transformers. Yeah. And what better way to say, this ain't your Michael Bay movie anymore than killing Bumblebee. Right. So, I don't know, I might have bought it, and it might have actually been kind of suspenseful and a little sad, because I would have been thinking, oh, how's Charlie gonna take that? (laughs) If not for the fact that they spoiled he was coming back, and come back he did. It also doesn't help because it just kind of raises questions about, okay, what's dead for a Transformer? Yeah. For me, it's like, okay, what is permanent dead for a Transformer? Because he is dead right until the whole bit of, well, he can be revived, but with a... God, this bothers Energon infusion? Yeah, it's like, but he needs an Energon infusion. And 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 then later on in the movie, they actually go to Peru to investigate where the location of the second half of the time key, or whatever it is, it's called, is. Because, as it turns out, the long and short kind of passing through that is that Ultron needs this key. Unicron? Or Unicron. I keep on, in my head, Ultron. I don't know, I don't know why. Honestly, I, I forgot to, to talk to you about this, but during the movie, I kept on wanting to call him Ultron. <laughs> And now I, I just hear Unicron going, I'm the fucking Lizard King. <laughs> but yeah, Unicron needs this key to open a portal to get to Earth. But it's been split in two to make it, to, to, to keep it safe. So part of that re- relies on them going to Peru. The location they're at in Peru has apparently a whole bunch of, like, naturally occurring, um, what was the material called again? I'm sorry. Energon. Energon. And they're like, can Bumblebee be revived? This Energon can do it, but... It it's inert. A, it's inert. It needs a giant chain reaction. I was like, shut up. We know it's going to happen. We get it. He's coming back. Yeah, it's like they're trying to build suspense, but it's like, no. Unless you are actually fucking stupid. <laughs> They've just telegraphed how he's going to come back. It's like, oh, he needs that? Well, I wonder how that's going to happen. And, and, and Bumblebee... Like, not actually dying just kind of poses the problem of... Because another problem I have with this that makes this feel like a Saturday morning cartoon rather than an actual movie, mm. Scourge is 100% wholly unstoppable right up until yes. he isn't. Yeah, no, and it's like... There's a point where it's just like he just becomes stoppable, and it's like, no, he was kicking all of you guys' asses very convincingly. And they make a earlier. whole bit about how he's been imbued with the powers of Unicron, so he's functionally untouchable. And then just at the end, I guess they just try harder, and... <laughs> yeah, nothing changes on Scourge's side. He literally does nothing different, he isn't nerfed in any way, but I don't know if through the power of friendship or some shit, they just beat him. <laughs> and it's so crazy, because like, if, if Bumblebee had done it, and they said... Oh, it's the extra Energon infusion has made him powerful enough to go toe-to-toe or whatever. I don't know. That might have done it. Or maybe, like, Unicron gets pissed off, or, like, their link gets severed somehow, and Scourge loses the Dark Energon. Yeah. That could be a thing. I mean, I know why Bumblebee couldn't do it, because we had to have Optimus Prime and uh, Noah wearing Mirage in a 
morbid Transformer skin suit teaming up. <laughs> I actually felt a little bad when that happened. I thought he was gone yeah. for good. And then they brought yeah, him back same. anyway. What the fuck does it take to kill these guys? <laughs> when are they dead? Do you have to rip their head off? Is that it? Is that how this works? Mm, Will that even do it? Speaking of Optimus, can I just say how... I don't know if this was something that was established in the older movies and I just don't remember it, or this is something that's more established in, like, the outside material for Transformers, but Optimus is, like, really bloodthirsty in this movie? He's bloodthirsty in all of these. Is he? Yeah, at least in this one there's kind of an explanation of he's twitchy and homesick and he blames himself so he's mad all the time. (laughs) I can relate to that. Yeah, I don't- Oh, God. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't know why, but- that kind of checked me out of, of his character a little bit, because it's like, I get that, and all of that does make sense, but it's also, to me, it feels like it's kind of easy to have that be the reason. Okay, stupidest moment in the movie. I facepalmed at this one. I actually facepalmed. Hmm. Noah goes along with this quest to get the Transwarp Key with the intention of destroying it, reasoning that Unicron can't come to Earth and the planet has to be saved if the Transwarp Key does not exist. Yeah. He tries to blast it with this gauntlet thing that Mirage gives him. And, and by the way, since th- since they have this human bla- this human compatible blaster technology in the 90s, I can only assume that this means that they didn't give this technology to Shia LaBeouf and Mark Wahlberg because they hated them and wanted them to die. <laughs> Which, relatable. I, we can respect that. I can respect it. I'll even agree with it. I'll condone it even. <laughs> so, Optimus, who is supposed to be helping the Maximals fight off the Terracons at this point, by the by, Shows up and just basically pleads with them not to do it because they won't have a way to get home. And then immediately after he decides not to do it, <laughs> fucking Air Razor just grabs the fucking thing and flies off. And Air Razor's been possessed by Sturge or whatever and corrupted by Dark Energon. And Optimus just stares. And I just face palm because it's like, of fucking course that happened! Because you weren't doing your damn job! Optimus stares as if she's just to say, Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid fucking idea. Yeah. It's just like, and it's unfortunate too, because I'm just like, when he, he's talking about destroying it so that Unicron can't do it there, I'm just like, I, I, I can't disagree with that logic. Objectively correct. Objectively correct. And Optimus is just like, no, we can't get home. And I'm like, yeah, but that giant eat planet-eating fucker can't get here, so okay, fuck you. Okay, tell me your plan to stop Unicron. <laughs> yeah, for real. Give it's me like... a PowerPoint. <laughs> Give me a because detailed it's... PowerPoint presentation of how you plan to stop the dark fucking god who eats planets from eating my planet if this falls into the wrong hands. You give me that PowerPoint, I give you the transwarp key. I feel like it's also a thing, too, of, like, I don't... I, maybe I'm thinking too much about it, but it's also, wouldn't that make a good be a good deal for you? Because even though you guys want to get home, wouldn't that theoretically mean that it's easier for Ultron to get to Cybertron too? Unicron, Unicron to get to God damn it, <laughs> <laughs> Unicron to get to Cybertron too. <laughs> uh, some like good, just, some, some good lines. Some good lines. Uh, <laughs> so give 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 me a little tap. <laughs> Also, uh, I mean, it's not a good line, but it was a funny circumstance where as we're watching the movie and we've gotten a good bit of Mirage, you just go, I can't tell if I like or hate Mirage. And then immediately right after that cuts to the next scene of of 
uh, Mirage transforming and go, Wu-Tang Clan is in the house! <laughs> <laughs> it is the most cringe shit ever. As a hip-hop fan, I'm just like, shut the fuck up, But Mirage. somehow, <laughs> I don't hate that bit. Yeah, but... <laughs> I looked over at you, and I'm laughing because I'm seeing your face, and it's like, I feel like he's trying to decide if he should be mad at that or not. <laughs> uh, other good lines. You bet inside me. Uh, joke for the parents. Joke for the parents. <laughs> yeah, I'm walking to Peru. In, in, a, in, a, in a both a beautiful delivery and completely justified. And the timing was perfect. Yeah. Because <laughs> they, they have to fly to Peru, and they get this guy, Stratosphere, who's an old Transformer who's broken down, I guess. And he's he's talking up himself, and then he hawks up an engine part. Mm-hmm. There's a brief pause, and then Mirage just goes, yeah, I'm walking to Peru. <laughs> and the thing is, he could probably pull it off, too. Yeah, yeah. Liberating mixtape. Liberating mixtape. You, you, you got a stealing mixtape? I got a liberating mixtape. And it's diggable planets, which... Mm, oh, oh god, I'm sorry, I just need to... Now that we're in the spoiler section, I'm going to gush about this movie soundtrack. Yeah, go for it. This movie's soundtrack is fire. Like, holy shit, just like all the old school hip-hop that is shown. Because the references that are showing up in the movie are all... Most of which take place in Noah's house, in his room. Because as we're introducing Noah, who it's he's working on some kind of like weird bootleg radio thing because he's a ex-military... He's like used to be in the army, but he's an electronics expert, which quick caveat that bugged the shit out of me because even though it was discharged, it's like they said that he was private. And it's like, I'm sorry, if you have that skill with like technology and you're in the military and you were only you never made it past private, you either really fucked up somehow, especially when they talked about how him having multiple commendations while being in the military. It's like you either fucked up bad or you had the most either lazy or horrific co who didn't promote you but that's neither here nor there but <laughs> there's literally de la soul records and notorious big records and other kinds of like 90s hip-hop record references in new york which is like at that point was the hub of east coast hip-hop and i'm just sitting there like oh oh i love this it's like <laughs> <laughs> it was very annoying, actually. This movie is trying to make me like it from the get-go with its soundtrack, and it's working, and that makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> and then the song played um, when he goes to steal Mirage, still disguised as a 9-11 Carrera, is a Diggable Planets track, which, while not diving too deeply into it, Diggable, one of like the big themes of Diggable Planets was like, black liberation and you know kind of going against not like hardcore not like black panther levels like to the fullest but definitely taking a few pages out of their book um while still being like very jazzy and kind of hippie ish yeah so when the guy says it's like i've got a liberating mixtape and when cool like that from digable planet starts it's like <laughs> whoever is in charge of the music of this movie is my best friend i don't drink but I want to buy them, like, around on me for an entire night. Like, I, it's like, I want to hug this person. <laughs> it's just being like, thank you. I have never seen such a wonderful representation of 90s East Coast hip-hop in any movie. But part of me is pissed that it's also in a fucking Transformers movie. <laughs> and, of course, the, the spoiler to cap it all, because it's telegraphed, is like, oh, guess what? A, I don't forget how it becomes not inert, but Bumblebee comes back. 
It's Unicron coming through the portal or something. Oh, yeah, and it sends, like, a shockwave through everywhere, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that re-energizes the um, Energon to bring back Bumblebee. And he's back, and he's alive. And it's and I was getting ready to be kind of, like, annoyed by the scene where he comes back because it shows Bumblebee being in, like, the cargo bay of Stratosphere. And the cargo bay opens, and there's, like, silence going on. So it's like, okay, there's going to be some dramatic-ass music. And it's like, don't call it a comeback! And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I don't know, and part of me is thinking, given Bumblebee's personality, that that probably wasn't the movie score. That was probably Bumblebee playing it through his radio. Yeah, which, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that he does that. I don't like that he still does that. <laughs> I'm so annoyed by it. There's a couple of good... not Most of the good bits aren't even stuff he says. It's other people's reaction to it. Like, he says something and Optimus just goes, I don't want you going to that drive-in theater anymore. Because <laughs> he's also done with this shit. Yeah. Oh, God. That scene was just like, I should be mad, but this is funny, and this is an extremely good use of music. Yeah. <laughs> so... This movie, inadvertently, is one of the best movies ever if you're into, like, cars and hip-hop. Which, one of those you'd expect from a Transformers movie. Yeah. And then, do, do we want to jump to the last bit of the movie yet? Or yeah, might as well. Because I, I can't think of anything things. else. Yeah. So, the end of the movie. Who, oh boy, the cojones on Paramount. <laughs> yeah, for real. The balls on Hasbro. <laughs> yes. So... Noah gets a job interview at the end of the movie, and there's been a running thing of him not being able to find one, for various mm -hmm. reasons. And he's doing an interview, and he's talking up this job that he recently did in South America, and I'm sitting there going, bro, why would you- there's no references for that one. There's nobody- who are you gonna put down to contact for that job? You have no way of proving it. Yeah. I guess you could give them a fake number that routes to Optimus Prime and have him give a fake recommendation or something, but, like, there's no paperwork. It's the mid-90s. You can't fake that shit that easy. Actually, I guess that makes it easier to fake. But still, mm -hmm. I feel like it's kind of I feel like it's kind of a dumb idea to talk up this job. So, yeah. then then the guy says, oh, Peru must have been nice. I didn't mention Peru. Yeah, but we've been keeping tabs. And it turns out the guy already knows all about the Transformers, and they want to offer him a job, and they're also willing to... Uh, one, one thing to note is that his younger brother has a... What, was it a sickle cell disease or something? Yeah, he has sickle cell disease. Sickle cell disease, yeah. And... They haven't been able to get him treated because, you know, insurance, because fuck the U.S. healthcare system, both in the 90s and now. Yes. <laughs> just generally, just generally fuck it. But, mm -hmm. so they offer to pay for his treatment as well, which is nice. And then the back wall opens up and it's a big high-tech military facility and you expect that it's going to be Sector 7, like the other Transformers movies had. And the guy slides his card and he flips it over and it's fucking G.I. Joe! <laughs> yeah! And the best part about that isn't even, like, that it's G.I. Joe, but it's like Noah Diaz looks at the card and he goes, G.I. Joe? <laughs> oh, Joe! <laughs> no, like, the fucking balls. After Snake Eyes? Yeah. After goddamn Snake Eyes. I mean... I assume see, they're restarting. I assume they're doing a reboot. I can't there imagine. There has to be. There has to be. Because they're making more Transformers movies, I imagine, too. Probably. Yeah, so... I can't imagine they're gonna stop. They also yeah. said before, like, obviously they made Dungeons & Dragons, which is all... God fucking damn it. The... <laughs> I, I had the realization, while I was trying to review, like, what they own in my head, I was just like, okay, let's see, uh, they got... I mean, technically Dungeons & Dragons is owned by... Ha oh, fuck me. 
<laughs> I hope they don't. I can't imagine they will. I, 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 I have a hard time seeing how they do it. Like, I could see, like, a Joker cameo, but not a full-on, like, involvement. But, uh, they own, uh, fuck, they own My Little Pony? Ugh. Ooh, I actually, no, I don't want to see that at all. Yeah, it's just like, I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, I, I think they own the Micronauts? Yeah, I think so. At least, they own the film rights, I think? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Uh, I had a real crazy realization that I'm pretty sure they own Space Knights. And okay. it was just recently announced that they made a deal with Marvel to republish some of Rom Space Knight's older stories in omnibus form. Okay. So I can't help but wonder if maybe they're planning something there? Not everything needs a cinematic universe. <laughs> no, definitely not. Especially not- Hasbro's shit is so just disparate and disconnected. Yeah. I mean, I will say as well, if there are any two IPs that- if I'm honest, do make a sense as far as, like, crossover? It is Transformers and G.I. Joe, if for no other reason then, if you want to, like, guarantee the money of the adults that were, like, little kids in the 80s and early 90s, I can't think of a better crossover than that, honestly. You could kill Duke and Optimus Prime in the same movie! <laughs> and traumatize yeah. an entire generation! <laughs> it was just like, I can't believe they did that to my heroes. I gotta bring my kids to this movie. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, fuck. How are they involved with Hamtaro? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, please. Anything but that. I mean, it's probably funny, but anything but that. I mean, that. it would be really <laughs> funny, though. <laughs> oh, it might just be a toy line. Okay. Okay. Okay, Oh, good. thank Christ. Oh, man. Thank my, God. My heart started, Ooh! like, I started having Ooh! a heart attack. It's like, no, I, I've got bad blood pressure as it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ready for a Monopoly movie? <laughs> what's What's unfortunate is that I'm imagining a, what I'm imagining is Optimus playing Monopoly with Bumblebee and Optimus getting mad and putting his axe, his like metal Transformers axe through the Monopoly board. And it's just like Monopoly in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hear me out. Okay. Nerf, but it's an actual war movie. <laughs> To be honest, I'm surprised I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. Plato? How? How? Oh, I think it'd be quite easy. I I have a hard time seeing it. Wait, they already did Gem. Hmm. Yeah, they already did Gem. It was bad. I to my <laughs> understanding. I didn't actually watch it. Okay. Not the not the show. I have no opinion on the show. I've heard the movie was terrible. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. This is I, I, I feel like I'm speaking some terrible evil into existence just by speculating on this, so I'm going to just say, uh, please don't. Yeah, please no. Maybe Even keep the Transformers and G.I. Joe, maybe work Space Knight in there if you want, but otherwise, no. Yeah. But the implications of that is funny. And it's just the yeah. delivery of it is just... Because it's like, literally, turns the card over, G.I. Joe, fades to black. The End balls the on this man! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> it's just like, black screen, movie's over. <laughs> That's it! Everybody go home. Yeah, and it's wait just for, like... And wait for that dreadful eventuality. Mm. Like, the whole shtick of G.I. Joe is everybody's got specialized gear or skills or what have you, right? Yeah. But what does that matter when those giant robots... I mean, I think that's why they want to bring him them on, because they are giant robots. No, but, like, they, the Transformers, I feel, make G.I. Joe obsolete. Hmm. 
oh, hey, this looks like, uh, what's his name? Snow, what, what's, what's the guy, what's the guy from G.I. Joe who does the Arctic stuff? Snow job? God, I hope that's not his name. <laughs> I have, uh, uh, you know it, what? It, I'm it, gonna... it is Snow Job, apparently. His name is Snow. Oh my God! Who thought? I mean, that to was be fair, idea? Snow Job is a is an actual term. <laughs> I think it means like a ruse, a deception, a scam. It sounds like a. It sounds like. I mean, a it sounds like something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Snow Job: a deception or concealment of one's real motive in an attempt to flatter or persuade. Thank you, for, to, to, thank you, Timon and Pumbaa's Wild Adventures for teaching me this term. Uh, no, it was it was an episode. It was a short about the hyenas. Oh, that's right. They got tricked into going that. to the Arctic looking for a rare wild goose, and then they end up <laughs> making hyena snowmen. And Shenzi just goes, "Gentlemen, I think this whole thing was nothing but a snow job." Mm, I forgot about that. Anyways, <laughs> this is getting way off topic. <laughs> Point is, like, okay, let's send in snow job, or we send in the giant robot who turns into a snowplow. Eh, true. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, I can see the Transformers making the G.I. Joe obsolete at that point. Oh, this guy's a weapons master. Okay, they have fucking laser cannons. Yeah, it's like, this guy's a weapons master. Oh, neat, this guy is the weapon. <laughs> Literally just a walking, talking metal weapon. Oh, you're good with swords, are you? Have you seen Optimuses? Yes. It glows with the it glows with the intense heat of a fucking supernova. It's like, oh, you're a getaway driver. Have you met Bumblebee? <laughs> 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 oh what a oh man! I, I I oh god! I I can't wait! I hate it. I think that wraps this up. Yeah, uh, in it's still worth seeing. The movie is worth seeing a hundred percent. If nothing else, it's worth it for the soundtrack. And I say that as somebody who, again, not the biggest fan of hip-hop. Yeah. So good. So good. Just on that alone. But also, just a genuinely fun, kind of stupid action movie. Yes, that Missing too. some of the heart of Bumblebee, but also... No, that's, that's it. <laughs> it's still good, though. Oh, yes. God, it's just like Age of Extinction with the Dinobots. For for as much as they played up the Maximals, the Maximals don't do a lot in this, do they? <laughs> no, Except not Primal really. and Air Razor. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I think that about wraps up this episode. Yes. Next week, we don't see the Flash. What else is there to see? Oh, that's right, the Blackening and Elemental. And Elemental. So I'm pulling double duty. I mean, I'm probably only gonna see the Blackening. Yeah, fair. <laughs> in any case, this has been Under the Bridge. With Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. I almost did your bit. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said, with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. I was like, wait, why would you do that? <laughs> uh, no, that would have been funny, actually. But, no, I just kind of forgot that I also did the next part. Oh, fair. <laughs> Anyways, you know what to do. I already did the spiel in the middle of the episode. So thanks for watching, everybody, and we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody.